You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Hey, who am I today? I'm thinking that you're better than God. Amen. But to know that God knows your heart and he knows everything that you should be and ever thought that you should be. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you know, I've got a message from God today to give to you. Come on, Come on. You know, and it's amazing to be with the family. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing to be here with the church, to have Michael and Michael AJ with us here today. Oh, you know, to have even Wayne is there with us. To have everyone oh, the disciples is there with us. Amen. And to have that, you know, our Vietnamese friend joining us today. It's an inspiring way to be here in Waterloo. Amen. And you know, the message I got for you today is a message for me that is that God has been training me on. And when the God is training the preacher, then he has to train the church also. Ah. Amen? Amen. And you know, when God teaches me that, hey, tell me why you need to hate sin, <laughs> that means I need to tell the people to hate sin also. Amen. When God says you need to love me more, that means I need to tell the people to love God more also. Amen. And so my lesson for you today is about love and hatred. Oh. You might think, well, hatred. I mean, God is a God of love, right? Mm-hmm. Where is that hatred right there? My message to you is about pressing the reset button in your life. Mm. Or even pressing the boost button. Okay. Maybe you're too slow. You need the boost to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> My message to you about today is about, hey, to love what God loves and to hate what God hates. Mm. Question. Do you love what God loves? Mm. Do you hate what God hates? You know, because the Bible says, same Bible speaks to Matthew 22. Let's get right in there. Come on, bro. Matthew 22. I hope someone is recording this sermon right now. Yes. Matthew 22. The Bible says, in verse 37, Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength. And he said, the second is like it. He said, this is the first and greatest command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The Bible says that we need to love God with every single thing that is within us. And to love our neighbors as ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so my sermon for you guys today is titled, Love God and Love People. Amen. Amen. Love God and Love People. You know, we know the Great Commission, right? The Bible says there, it says, go make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. To baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And to teach them to obey everything that He has commanded us. To the very end of the age. And that they will be with us. But for us to be able to make disciples of all nations, there is a command that you need to fulfill, which means to love God and to love people. Amen. You know, some of us think, well, I can say it for my, to just be honest, myself here, do I really love people? Mm. <laughs> you know, I say to myself, I love people. But you know when you love people is when you go all the way to the very end, even when you don't want to do it. Right? Mm. You know, this, this weekend, this, this last, on Friday, I had to do something that I was, that was, didn't want to do. We lost something at home. And I had to go and search for this thing because it meant a lot to my wife. But I was like, it's 12 midnight. But I need to search for this thing. And I'm searching. I'm taking my phone. I'm going out on the street looking, where is this thing that she lost? And I asked myself, 
why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this? <laughs> because of love. You know, when you love someone, you go beyond your own boundaries. When you love God, you go beyond what you think is the way God wants to be loved. But why is it that we always love God the way we think God wants to be loved? Why do we love God the way we think people, why do love people the way we think people want to be loved? Listen to what the Bible says in Judges chapter 21. Let's go to Judges. Let's go old school right now. Okay. Judges 21. The Bible says, never be lacking in zeal. I pray today that you're not lacking zeal. Amen. I pray you come today fired up for the Lord. Not for yes. me, yes. but for the Lord. Amen. It says in chapter 21, verse 25. In those days, Israel had no king. And everyone did as they saw fit. Mm. This is a a challenge in the scripture. Mm. They said that Israel had no king. But wait a second. I thought God was their king. Mm. You know, we can lose focus and realize and think that we don't have any king anymore who is Lord of our lives. Mm. And we start doing as we see fit. And as a result of doing as we see fit, what happens? Let's scroll down to 1 Samuel 3. You see what's the result of doing as you see fit. You know, as a staff, we've been studying out Samuel in the church. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3, it says the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many patients. Question. Has God been speaking to you? Mm. Or has the word of God been rare in your life? Mm. Have the visions of God been rare in your life that you don't even know why you're here anymore? Because if love for God isn't in your heart, then how can you hear from God? Mm. How can you see the visions that he has for you? But Samuel, a young boy, who is humble before God, Here's the word of God. Amen. Seize the vision of God. Amen. How are you as humble as Samuel today? Mm. Oh, are you so prideful to think you are awesome and you lose touch of loving God and loving people? Good question. Mm. So, the title is about love and hatred, you know. So, I hope you guys feel love today. <laughs> I hope we don't feel like I hate you. <laughs> I hope you guys feel love. But you know what I hate? I hate the sin in people. Yeah. And that's something that I've been, Michael has been discipling me on. Like, you need to hate sin. Hate sin. Hate sin. You need to hate sin. 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 That is what you hate. Because if you don't hate sin, how can you serve God? Hmm. How can you be like a servant of God if you do not hate sin? Exactly. Point number one. I'm sure you guys guessed what my first point is already. <laughs> hate what God hates. <laughs> and love what God loves. Amen. We're going to go through a couple of things that what God hates so that you know how God is and you can have a greater relationship with Him. Amen. We're going to things that God loves. So you know what God loves, so you know how to walk with your God. Amen. So you can say, you know what? I'm a friend of God, because I know what God loves. It's like I know that my wife loves quality time. So I need to make sure that I please my wife with quality time. Amen. I know that Michael loves coconut water. So I need to give Michael some coconut water from time to time. I know that Brandon loves to spend spiritual time together. Not just talk about worldly things, but let's be spiritual, brother. <laughs> you know, I know he loves that. I know he loves for me to care for him. Show me your love by your actions. Don't tell me you love me. Show me your love by actions. Come on. You know, we need to know this kind of things. Isaac and I were talking, you know, ah, oh, but you know, bro, I just want to spend time with you. Mm. Come on. I want to spend time with you. Come on. And that's kind of 
That's how you know each other. Yeah. But question, you know, when you spend time, you know things that someone hates, and you know what they love. Mm. So the closer you get to that person, you're like, so because I know you love this, let me get interest in what you love. Mm. Why you hate? Woo, why do you hate that? Oh, because of this. Well, okay. Your conviction is not my conviction. Mm. Is God's conviction your conviction? Is God's conviction your conviction? Because when God's conviction is your conviction, mm. then you're a friend of God. Amen. That's why Abraham was a friend of God because he knew what God wanted. He knew what God disliked. He knew it. It was like I'm walking with God, even though it was very humble before God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Point number one: hate what God hates and love what God loves. On, what does God hate? Let's talk about that first of all. Let's give you the bad news and then we have good news. Okay, the bad news is God hates sin. Yeah. <laughs> sin, but why? Why is it like God hates sin? I was asking myself, why does God hate sin? Why does he hate sin? Proverbs chapter 6. Okay. Come on, bro. Let's go to Proverbs. And I think as a region, we need to get to the point where our conviction is strong against sin. Yes. Amen. When we can Amen. say, bro, what you did is wrong before yes. God. Amen. No, it's not about me. I don't swear I'm just a servant like you. Mm. But what you did is wrong before God. Mm. And God hates what you're doing. So repent. And you don't say, well, I need to give me some time. No, no, no. <laughs> God wants you to change now so you can have a greater relationship with Him. Amen. Yeah. Proverbs 6. Let's see what the Bible says there. Let's see what God hates. You know, I ask myself this question. What does God hate? Well, every answer is in the Bible, guys. You guys with me? Yeah. Because we're a Bible church, right? Yeah. And when the Bible speaks, we're what? Silent. silent. You guys are too silent here. <laughs> when the Bible speaks, we're what? Silent. Come on, guys. Let's see what the Bible says in Proverbs 6 there. In verse 16, the Bible says, There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to him. What does detestable mean? He loads it with passion. It's like he loads it fully to the point of, Ah, I don't want to even see it. Mm. I am afraid of snakes, and I hate snakes. Mm. Oh. And I don't want to see snakes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, my wife is like, she's laughing at me when we're watching something. It's like, oh. <laughs> this guy, macho man, like, I'm afraid of snakes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's who I am. I'm afraid of snakes. But I, I just loathe snakes. Don't want to come near snakes at all. That's how God sees sin. Mm. It says those are the seven things that he detests. One, haughty eyes. Mm. What's that? A proud look to think that you're better than someone. Mm. But that's just even, that's not even that serious. You know what is more serious? To think you're better than God. Mm. Wow. Woo. That's why God hates it. Wow. It says the next one, a lying tongue. Why does God hate it? Because you think you know more truth than God. Mm. Hands that shed innocent blood because you think you own life. Wow. A heart that devises wicked schemes because you think like, whoa, I am more wiser, stronger than God. Mm. Feet that are quick to rush into evil because you think you are the owner of the world. Mm. A false witness who pours out lies because you think like, wow, I can devise anything and there is no judgment for it. A person who stirs up conflict in the community mm. because you think like, well, I am better than all these people. It doesn't matter what they do, I am better. Wow. Mm. But it's interesting. Mm. Why does God hate these things? Mm. Mm. So make ourselves God. Mm. There was somebody 
who showed all these characteristics? Mm. Satan. Mm. So when God sees these things in human beings, it's like, oh, that's Satan right there. God sees like, whoa, you're being prideful. That reminds me of Satan. Block, stay away. Mm. When you're lying, that reminds me of Satan. Block, stay away. Preach. Oh, when I see someone who's devising wicked schemes, Satan, oh, block, stay away. Conflict, Satan. Everything, Satan. Oh, everything is Satan, Satan, Satan. All through. Funny thing is, like, Satan, when I think about Satanic, seven letters, Satanic, seven letters, seven sins. <laughs> Just a coincidence right there, guys. <laughs> satanic. God hates things that remind him of Satan. Preach. Wow. <clears throat> when we show characteristics of Satan, God is like, you know what? Stay away from me. Ooh. Come on. So, what does God hate? Yeah, pride. But what does God hate more? Pride in his church. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you prideful in God's church? Mm. Are you prideful in God's church? Mm. Or have you become, you know, you know what happens to prideful people in God's church? Kicked out. <laughs> Satan was kicked out of heaven. Why? <laughs> so when we're right from God's church, it's like, I hate that. Get out of my house. Wow. So that should humble us and say, you know what? This is God's church. I'm just a servant in there. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just going to stay where I am. And God, you'd use me the way you want to use me. And don't think because you have an awesome voice like Satan that you're all of a sudden better. But what does God love? That's mm. the great stuff. What does yeah, God love? Yeah, Come on, guys. Yeah. What does God love? God loves a humble church. Amen. Yeah, man. He loves a humble church. Yeah. Let's see how a humble church looks like. Philippians chapter 2. Okay. okay bro. Let's see how a humble church looks like. And I pray that you, you yeah. imitate this in your life. Because when you're a humble church, that's when God says, okay, you and I can walk together. Mm-hmm. But if you think you're better than me, then stay away then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because God is what? All powerful. That's right. God is all knowing. That's right. God is the creator of everything. You know what? You didn't create anything. Mm. So when you've created something, you can come and talk. But <laughs> since you've not created anything, stay away. Yeah. <laughs> Philippians 2, verse 25. It says, But I think it is necessary to send back to you a paraphroditus. Why is this guy so important? I know it's Philip talking to you. Paul is talking to the Philippian church. And he says he's sending them back somebody that came from them. My brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you, and is distressed because you were heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. Woo. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. This reminds me of Hannah in 1 Samuel, who had sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow. You know, when you're in sorrow upon sorrow, and you don't give up, God will send someone to you to help you out of your sorrow. And I pray today that you think like, well, I've been struggling so much this year, but don't worry, keep going, keep praying, and God will send someone to take out of your sorrow. You know, the Bible says, it keeps going, it says, Therefore, I am the more eager to send him so that when, you know, Paul is so humble. He was in sorrow. He gets his, his needs met and he sends them back. Amen. It doesn't say I'll hold it for myself alone. He mm. sends them back to just go and encourage the church also. Mm. He says, therefore, I am the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Mm. Paul is so, you know, vulnerable right there. Mm. So then, 
welcome him in the, in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. Amen. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. When last do you feel like I'm almost dying for the work of Christ? Mm. You know what that's called? Humility. Mm. Because you totally do not value your life above the work of Christ. Amen. Because sometimes we think humility is about a relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. So we get so sucked up in this inward thing mm. of relationships. Oh, be humble before me and everything. Yeah. Who cares about that? Let's be humble before God. Amen. Let's do the work of God. Amen. The work of Christ. Yes. God says when you put your life under his work, that's what matters. That's how you show your humility before him. His work is more important than your work. Amen. So I want to challenge you today. Okay. If that wasn't challenging enough. All right, bro. <laughs> Tell us. What's your challenge? Whatever work you're doing right now that you Amen. think is more important than the work of Christ, submit it to God as like changing that. Amen. Let your work be under the work of Christ to go make disciples of all nations, Amen. to baptize them, to teach them to obey. Why? Because God hates sin. Amen. God hates sin. I don't want to live in a world where my children grow up in a world that full of sin and no one calls sin out. Amen. Oh, no. And this is what I'm learning. I need to learn how to call sin out more. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning yeah. that right now. So I hope you guys can help me yeah. to get better in yes. it. Amen? Amen. Amen. I might use you guys as practice models, but please forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it wrong sometimes. Like, oh, why am I? I'm like, oh, bro, that was the wrong sin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> God is off right there. But that's not my need right now. I think you need to go a little more to the left. Bing! Oh, you got me right there. That's how I want. So please encourage me to help, you know, help you guys get out of sin and, and I might mess up sometimes. Like a surgeon. Oh, sorry. So guys, encourage me, man. So but what else does God hate? God hates a lying church. Woo! You know, there's been lies in the church recently. I want to say very bluntly. People have been lying in church. Preach. Yep. That's evil. God hates that. Lying about immoral acts for months. And a wise man said to me, where there's one, there's two. Uh-huh. <laughs> I used to go fishing in, in Bonaire for barracudas. And I was this man, all the man, I call him grandfather. We always go fishing together. And barracudas are like, they're not the easiest things to catch. It's like, oh, I'm going to struggle. Oh, my hand. Oh, my hand. Hard to catch. But where there's one, yeah. there's definitely more than one there. So where there's sin also in one person, that means there's something, someone here that someone is hiding something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because God hates lies. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Let's go to John chapter 8. Amen. You guys with me? Come yes. on. John 8. You know, this, this sermon is challenging for me also, guys. So don't think it's just you guys. Because for me to preach this, I need to live it in my life. Amen? Amen. Right? I can't just be a hypocrite here and tell you guys to hate sin, and I don't do it in my life. <laughs> you know, John 8, in verse 44. Oh, here we are. It says, for those who don't know this scripture, let's read it again. <laughs> you belong to your father, the devil. Wow. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. It's his nature. Mm. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Wow. When we lie, we automatically say, Jesus is not Lord, Satan is Lord. When you lie, when you keep things hidden, Satan becomes Lord of your life. Amen. 
And to be honest, I don't want Satan to be Lord of my life. I don't know about you guys. But I want Jesus to be Lord of my life forever. Amen. So how do we get out of this? How do we become a, a truthful church? Amen? Amen. Because that's the opposite lie, truth. Amen. How do we become a truthful church? John 8, 31. The same chapter. What does it say there? The Jews who had believed him. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This scripture is so challenging because what does truth mean? Truth is not just what you say. Truth is what you do. Mm. You know, I might, when, I was, when I was living in Holland, I was a very sinful man. And I came across as a Christian, as an angel of light by Satan. And I would come across to these people I were dating now, and I was like messing out with different women, lying to my friends, doing crazy things. When I came across, you know, on the outside as a whitewashed tomb. But it wasn't what I did that mattered, it was what I did not say. I didn't say certain things. And that was lies. Whenever you're not saying something, that's a greater lie than actually just saying something wrongly. Not saying something. Hiding that thing in there. That is more hurtful. Because before Satan got kicked out, that sin was in his heart. It's always in your heart before it gets out. That's right. Get it out! (laughs) Get it out right now! Get it out! Because when it's in there, it will take you out. You either get it out or it takes you out. But what does a truthful church look like? Because that's what I want. I want a truthful church, guys. Amen. How does does it look like? A truthful church that God loves. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. You know, it's not revelations. It's just one revelation. It is written to the church. Not to people who want to become Christians. People who are already Christians. So if you want to know how to become a disciple of Jesus, don't go to Revelation. (laughs) Go to the book of the Gospels. And go to the book of Acts. And the Lord will teach you there. Ask for a Bible study here today. So you leave here today knowing what you need to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 3. In verse 7. It says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Right. These are the words of him who is holy and true. Who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. A church that is truthful knows that God knows your deeds. Mm. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. When we're truthful, the door stays open. But when you're lying, the door stays shut. I know that you have little strength. No, God knows that we're weak. We're human beings. Yes, you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Are you keeping God's word? In verse 11 it says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. Amen. This is amazing and inspiring. To know that a truthful church, one of the ones that was truthful in the seven churches, God says you'll be victorious. Amen. Truth brings victory. And God loves a truthful church because God wants all men to be victorious. But God hates another kind of church. A murderous church. Mm. You might think, well, I don't murder anyone. 
I've not been in jail for killing somebody. <laughs> or maybe there's someone here actually who's murdered someone. <laughs> you might think I've not, I've not killed anyone before. But you know, there's a spiritual murder that takes place in God's church. Yeah. What is a spiritual murder? When you fail to restrain somebody from sinning. Mm, wow. Amen. When you fail to wow. say, brother, you are doing wrong. Sister, you are doing wrong. Yes. That's, you're allowing that person to die. Wow. wow. Yes. But let's see what the Bible says about that, right? Amen. This is not my opinion. Take the yeah, word of God yeah, for it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> let's see First Samuel chapter 3. Okay. Chapter 2. Let's go there. Woo. I want You know, I want to challenge the whole church here today. Those of us who are parents. Those of us who disciple other people. God loves a church of godly parenting. And for us, those who are physical parents, that's the first place to start. And for those who are not physical parents yet, you are also a spiritual parent because you disciple certain people. And God loves godly parenting because godly parenting brings a, a godly church and a godly church has godly children yep yeah let's see what first number two says in verse 22 amen let's see how some kids here behaved oh. now eli who was very old oh dear he about everything in his sons <laughs> you know what i'm going to say yep. yeah <laughs> we're doing to all israel <laughs> and now they slept with the women who served oh. at the entrance to the tent of the meeting mm. these guys were not they were so wicked nice. They didn't just go outside sleep with other women. They did it in the church. Oh. So he said to them, why do you do such things? That's what the father said. And I think we need to get out of that position of asking people, why did they do certain things? Sin is sin. Yes. There is never a good excuse for sin. Exactly. It's not to say, oh, wow, because you know this thing happened to me in my past, that's why I'm in sin. No! The child will not inherit the guilt. What's true yet? You are guilty for your own sin. Preach. Yes. Yeah. So when it's going to have that behavior of saying, because of my past, because of this, you've been born again. Yeah. Preach. And now you can stand against that. Amen. And now for us, it says here, why do you... What a question. Mm. I like the way God allows it to stay in there so we can laugh at it. <laughs> I hear from the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the lost people is not good. Of course it's not good. You know, God wants godly parenting. Amen. Because if we don't, should I show you what happens if we don't? First time of three. Let's, let's, let's just turn one page further. Okay. Let's see what happens in verse 13. Amen. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the what? Sin. I, I think only Victoria is reading with me right yes. now. Mm. Because of what? Sin. 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 Because of what? Sin. 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 You guys are convinced. Because of what? Sin. 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 Yeah. And what? He knew about. Yeah. It wasn't what he knew about. It wasn't that she knew about. He knew about. The father of the household is responsible. Right. Wow. And his sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. If we are failing to restrain children in the church or the person you're discipling, that's sin. That's right. And you're allowing them to die. That's right. To go to hell. That's right. What happened to them? These kids died in war. And he himself fell down and died. Fat. Mm. Wow. So he wasn't taking care of himself physically, also. You know, those who work out, please work out more. (laughs) 
He wasn't taking care of himself physically and spiritually. That showed you the spiritual state of the church. Mm. God hates a murderous church because you allow people to die in sin. So, if you love God, come on. If you love people, come on. You wouldn't allow anyone to die in sin. Amen. And I think world evangelism is actually more is so much more clearer and better when you know what sin does. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to go evangelize because someone else is doing it. Right. You don't want to do it because that's what we do. Preach. It's because you know the negative power of sin. Preach. Wow. Because it reminds God of Satan. Preach. And if you don't know what it is, then I wonder if you're a disciple of Jesus. Preach. And I want to encourage you guys to know that for us to be followers of Jesus, Jesus went against sin. Amen. The cross was Against sin. Amen. Everything about the Christianity is against sin. Preach. We need to go against sin. If you think about Philip the Evangelist, Philip the Evangelist was called all the way from where he was a seven to Samaria, where idol worship was so rampant. Called from there to the desert, where he was like, okay, let me test you if you're still solid enough. And he goes from there to Ashdod where Baal worship was so rampant. And then it goes to Caesarea, where Gentiles are there. God was using a man of God to go against sin. God wants to use you and you and you and you today. But if we don't accept it, then nothing happens. The word of God will be rare. There will be no visions. You just hang there in the church. And nothing happens. And then on the final day, God says, Hey, so how did it go? Yeah, it was good. Really? Was it really good? Turn to this Bible page. <laughs> what, what, did you do this? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I, oh, 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 that one also? Oh, oh, that one also? Oh! Too late. <laughs> what else has God hate? Let's bring it to a close, guys. Amen. What's my time? Let me see my time. I'm on uh, 29 minutes right now. Okay. <laughs> Come on, baby, got this. <laughs> you know, God hates a church that rushes into evil. Mm-hmm. Why did I say rush? Because sometimes we want to hastily do a lot of things, but don't want to hastily yeah. share our faith yeah. or make disciples. Yeah. Not desperate enough for it. We're desperate about a lot of other things, but not to share our faith. Mm. God loves an evangelistic church. Amen. Mm-hmm. A church that is fruitful. Yeah. You know, if it, let's go to Romans 10. Let's go back okay. to Romans 10. Let's go to my, my last... I'm going to my last point here, and then we can drain to a close. So hang in there with me, guys. We're with you. Never be lacking in zeal, guys. Even when everyone this summer is going longer, never be lacking in zeal. Even stay still tomorrow, be like Paul, and that guy who fell down from the stairs, died, got up again, and began some preaching. <laughs> I can stay here till tomorrow. Are you guys with me? Yeah. And this will be the Peter's reason extended. <laughs> you know, let's see what the Bible says in Romans 10. Come on, come on. <laughs> Romans 10. I love this scripture. It says in verse 14. So if you want to know what you should do, I love this solution. In verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Oh, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Amen. How can anyone preach unless they are sent? Amen. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. You know, how beautiful are your feet? Mm. 
You know what makes your feet beautiful is when you brought good news. Yeah. Doesn't mean how much pedicure or manicure you've done. It's not about that. It's when you brought the good news to somebody and the person is fired up, he's saved as a disciple of Jesus, is baptized. That's what makes your feet look beautiful. Amen. And it, and because sometimes we can get all, 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 you know, our mind gets worked by yeah, the way, you know, you know, we're, I'm doing well as a disciple. Oh, well, no. if you're not baptized, you're not doing well. That's right. Yeah. And I myself, I'm like, well, when was the last time I baptized? Like two, two and a half months ago. I'm really going well. What, what are my feet doing? Mm. <laughs> Where am I going to? Mm. Am I focused? Mm. Because if you're not, then I wonder, are you bringing good news? Let me ask you a question. What is the good news? Do you even know the good news? The kingdom of God, amen. Do you know the good news? I want to challenge you to study out what the good news means. Amen. To have deeper conviction about the first principles. Not to be because we all do it as a church, because I have strong conviction of it also. Amen. Because if everyone has individual strong convictions, that will make what a synergy. Yeah. Woo! It will not be because of one person's conviction. And because all our convictions are fired up the same. Amen. So I want to challenge you today for us to be rampantly rushing to be evangelistic. Amen. How? Campus. Yeah. Last week I challenged the church, like, guys, join me at UCL Mm. every day. And I want to lift up Isaac. Jessica. Ada. You know, they were so awesome. They were like, bro, I'm going to be there every day with you from 10 a.m. Isaac was there with me. And you know what was even more amazing? You know, Michael and the original ladies had Lions Den on Friday. So I couldn't go to campus at 10. Mm-hmm. And then Jessica texted me, bro, I'm on campus already. Come on, Jessica. Come on. Come on. Jessica was Jessica. there alone. <laughs> you know, I want to challenge you to really go after because so where did Frank come from? Campus. Yeah. Where, did, where did Sean come from? Campus. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, campus, all the most yeah. ladies are from campus. Yeah. If I didn't come to UCL, I wouldn't be here also. Yes. Yeah. We need to go to the campuses because this is the future generation. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to offend the older people here, but That's in a so sense, offensive. when you're older, <laughs> yeah. your, 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 yeah. your zeal for the Lord kind of dies down in a sense. <laughs> you know, what? No, 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 Uh-oh. I don't have a pension. My grandma. Oh. <laughs> My children's tuition. Oh. You know, let me tell you something. God loves your children more than you love your children. Yeah. You know, for us to really evangelize this world, you need to go out to campus. Yes. Sir. And don't sit down at home. Oh, cuddly and Nestle. <laughs> we need to really go out there. Because you know what? Who will take care of your children when they're exactly. older? Preach. Those guys. Yeah. What do you want to preach to your children? Preach to the generation now. Preach. If I don't preach to the young man right now, yeah. Amaya will not get the yeah. right food. Yeah. We need to open our eyes and get out of this, this cloud and really go after campus students. Amen. That's my conviction. Yeah. And I'll make it your conviction also. Are you guys with me? Yeah. yeah. Amen. So in closing, Come on, great babe. In closing, we need to be strongly unified and go make disciples that love and hate what God loves and hates. When I see Matthew 28, 18 to 20, what does it say? I, I, I kind of reframe that for myself. 
Matthew 28 says, go make disciples. What does that mean? It says, go and teach people what I love, what I hate. Woo! Reframe that. Go teach them what God loves and Preach. what God hates. Yeah. It says, go baptize them. Into what? Into Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. God loves Jesus. God wants people to be baptized into Jesus that he loves. Yeah. Teach to obey. It says to continue to remind these children who are so stubborn <laughs> that God loves certain things and God hates certain things. And in closing, I'm going to read the scripture to you guys in Revelation 21. Those of you know that this is one of my favorite scriptures, Hillary might know. Revelation 21. It says, Revelation 21. Come on, tell me why. You see, if you love what God loves, mm. That leads you on a path. Mm. Yes. That path is Jesus. Yes. That path is eternal life. Yes. That path is a path where there is no more struggles of life. But if you love what God hates, and I use the word love for what God hates, that leads you on a path of Satan. That path is hell and destruction. But I want to challenge the church today to love what God loves. Hate what God hates. In Revelation 21, I want to read from verse 1. Apostle John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. This is quite sad though, but amen. No more swimming. (laughs) I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, Coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. This is the future that I want. And this is the future I want for everyone in this room right now. The future that I want for everyone in this world. We can only do that properly when we hate what God hates and love what God loves. And that's how we love God and love people. To God be all the glory. Around round of applause for an amazing sermon. Definitely one of your best friends. That was inspiring and challenging. And uh, we have a great God. We're going to awesome. sing Great Among the Nations. Amen. 20 song, uh, 206 on the song sheets. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.